Good morning. About this time of year, don't you want to introduce yourself as, you know, hi, I'm Ann, and I'm a recovering mom. <laughs> so you've recovered from Christmas, and we hope, you re- we hope you've recovered from the flu. Um, recovered from the, the burden of, you know, I ought to have done Whole30 and started the uh, Bible reading plan so I could read it in a year. But anyway, um, I want to first introduce you. Uh, my name is Ann Clayton. I want to first introduce you um, to my family. Um, that's us now. Chris and I have been married uh, 29 years. We have five kids. Uh, they range in age from 25 uh, down to 15, three boys and um, two girls. We have a grandson now. Um, and uh, one is a branding specialist, one is a wedding photographer, one just got out of college, is looking for a job if anybody has any leads, uh, somebody wants to be a pilot, and somebody is our songbird. So that is us um, in November. Um, and the next picture is us. It's, it had to have been the previous month because it just... <laughs> I don't know what happened, but that, that's who, that's, that's our bunch there. People will say, um, so why did y'all have five kids? And uh, Chris and I, actually, when we were dating and engaged, we said we wanted five children. He came from a group of six, and I came, of six kids, I came from four, so we thought we'd split the difference. And so uh, we did have a few years of infertility there, um, but, you know, made up for lost time by having three children in three and a half years. Uh, I shut down production at that point until God put his finger on me a few years later, and we had the last two. Uh, in this pick, we are very tired parents um, with um, one who is a tween trying to be cool, somebody who was a, had a real stubborn streak, somebody with dyslexia who could not read. Uh, the, the little boy down at the very end shouted all of his conversations. <laughs> Whether it was past the jelly, he shouted. I, didn't, I don't think he could get a word in edgewise. And then our, our baby was just, she looked alarmed for two solid years. <laughs> so. But in, in, on my, in my cynical moments, I would tell Chris, you know, when people see me walking, you know, down the road or whatever, dripping with children and stuff, um, they've got to feel sorry for me. And, and he said, no, what they're thinking is, what a beautiful sight. Isn't that beautiful? And I didn't really believe it. But one day, uh, we were all just, the kids and I were all um, at North Park Mall. Um, I don't know if we just need to get out or make something happen. I don't know. But anyway, so I'm, I'm pushing the stroller uh, with the diaper bag, trying to keep somebody from shoplifting, somebody, you know, from fighting, you know, all that. So here comes the menagerie. It's kind of this, you know, this um, scene. And this couple came up to me who were about my age now. And they said, we want you to know we've been watching you and your family and what we see is beautiful. And I knew they were Christians because they encouraged me in the Lord about not growing weary well-doing and all those things. I mean, it was like an out-of-body experience. I, I could just barely eke out a thank you. I was just so in shock. And so before I even get into my talk, I want to I pause and encourage you right now that what you are doing is holy and it's beautiful and it's eternal and do you know that in um, a, a single day, we think about all the things we're not doing. In a single day, you may perform two actions. Every time you change a diaper, every time you stay up with a child, every time you wipe a nose or make a meal or help them take out the trash or point to the skies, all those things they're beautiful things, and we need to thank God for them because in Philippians, God, it says God's working in you to give you both 
the desire and the power to do the things that please him. And it's happening right now. So I don't want you to forget that before we move into that. Uh, title of my talk is Rest for the Weary, to encourage you that you actually can find rest in a crazy time. Um, we have a picture, actually, of a mother dove on, um, a mother dove on her nest, but anyway, she looks very peaceful, and it, probably she looks peaceful because she's um, sitting on all of her chicks <laughs> to keep them from squishing out. Anyway, um, today we're going to talk about um, seeking following, and then resting, because what we seek will determine who we follow, and it will determine then when we rest. So sometimes it's just sleep, need sleep, right, or quiet, or one normal day. I want one normal day, and that's about as far as we can go, because we have so many sights and sounds around us, and some of them are beautiful, but some of the sights and sounds are chaotic too. We have the beautiful smile of a toddler. We have the screaming baby. We have the fights. We the house. Whatever happened on the house that could keep this up. Um, we also have lots of voices in our head as well. And in fact, I came up with a list with um, a, a few other younger moms I knew of the things that we were prepared for. So we weren't prepared for the amazing love we would have for our children. Not prepared. Are we okay. Do I need to fix anything? I can yell. <laughs> I'm used to yelling. You want to switch it out? Let me just give you this whole thing. Just leave it there in case it comes back. Okay, how are we, how are we there? Okay, that's fine. Um, I was also not prepared for the lack of sleep, the chaos. I am not getting anything done. The fear, the decisions, the juggling, the loneliness, no breaks, no breaks, no breaks, all right? My children's behavior, my behavior, I never knew I could be so angry and crazy. Um, the guilt I feel all the time, the failure, the sense of failure I felt, uh, spiritual dryness, all of those things, uh, lots of voices in our heads, right? Lots of, a lot of voices just being in Dallas Fort Worth area, just that by itself is a thing. Trends, there's all these. I'm in my adulthood, all the trends of exercise and dieting and uh, parenting and nutrition and whatever it happened to be. And it kept changing. And then they would go back to the old things. And one study would cancel out another. I've done six personality tests, y'all, six. <laughs> all right. So I can tell you all my labels now. Um, so what do we seek? Sometimes we're just seeking. If I could just get control of these children or get control of the house or get control of the schedule or if I could just be more disciplined or if people would just appreciate what I'm doing or if I could finally feel significant. But we don't have time to think about that because we turn around and look at all of our baby birds in the nest and they look like this. <laughs> and we love them so much, but it's just, I mean, we don't have time to do anything but put on the clothes that we have worn for five days in a row, do the sniff test, Call it good, and then just it's meat needs, meat needs, meat needs, meat needs, meat needs, meat needs, needs all day. And then our poor husband comes home, and bless his heart, he's a person too, and it's meat needs, meat needs, meat needs. Okay, and so this, there's this cycle that will happen where we're overwhelmed, we're seeking relief, and it doesn't happen. So then we're overwhelmed, and we're seeking relief, and it doesn't happen. 
In my particular um, case, I was a career woman for 11 years. Um, so we got made, married a little later, took about us a while to have kids. And um, I, I mean, I got lots of strokes in the job. It was great. But then I came home. We had decided, you know, when come home with the children, no strokes, none of the things I'd ever experienced for 11 years there. And I just was walking around in perpetual shock or just being offended all the time. And I, I remember calling my mom and saying, how did you do this? And she said, I'm telling you, I missed the whole Vietnam War. I still don't know what that thing was about. And so I was just like this little doggy at the window who just desired to get out of this trap that made me angry and that made me crack underneath the weight and feel like a failure at every turn. And I was just exhausted. And yet I was sitting in a hotbed of blessing and I didn't even know it. About this time, Chris would be coming home from work and he's just making conversation. And he would say, well, so what did you do today? That distressed me out because I'd I'd work like a sled dog all day long and I had nothing to show for it and everything was being undone and it stressed me out. And he he finally picked that up and he was like, babe, it doesn't matter what you did today so long as you love God and love your children, that's fine, you know. And so funny enough, the Lord actually used him to speak into my life. And and what he was saying was reflective of Matthew 22 when the Pharisees asked Jesus, so what's the greatest commandment? And he said, love the Lord with all your heart and your soul and your mind. That's the greatest. And then the second is like it, love your neighbor as yourself. On these two hang all the law and all the prophets. And through those words, God called me to stop and simplify. Um, I felt like I could raise children and do everything I had done before, and I couldn't. And he had a purpose in stopping me at that time and paring things, activities down to the bare essentials. So for me, and that looks different for everybody, but for me, um, I stepped off the worship team, which I loved with all of my soul. Um, I put aside this little side business that we didn't have to have, but I wanted to have it. It was an identity thing. Um, And I mean, we we went to paper plates. We're still doing paper plates 25 years later. Um, A few scriptures I want to put before you is um, Psalm 4610, the beginning of 4610, which is be still and know that I am God. And the Lord, when he was slowing me down, was essentially saying, stop. You need to know me. Be still and know that I'm God. Have you ever said, be still to your kids? Can't you just hear the Lord speaking, you know, to us while you say, be still, be still, calm down. Okay, you're, you're being destructive. You are being spastic. You're worried about a whole bunch of crazy things that don't matter. I'm about to tell you something real important. Be still. All right. Uh, you know, it could also be, Uh, translated, cease striving. Cease striving and know that I'm God. If I could just get them to sleep, if I could just get them in school, if I could just get the house purged, that's me, okay? If I could just get them potty trained, all the things that falsely promise us peace, but they never deliver. And he says to stop, be still, and then to seek him. In Jeremiah 29, 13, it says, and you will seek me, and find me if you search for me with all of your heart. Back then, I had no real sense of the knowledge of God, the presence of God, or his power. 
until he stopped me and said, seek me and I mean it. Funny enough, when I started to slow down and seek, I found him in the funniest places. And we'll get to some of the practical about, you know, finding him in, in, um, in prayer and in the word. But he was having, he was convicting me while things were happening in the house. So the kids would be fighting and I hear one kid say, I don't want my toy, I want yours, you know. And then the Lord would convict me about covetousness, about what some other girl was getting to do that I wasn't getting to do. Or once we um, were at my in-laws, they had this really old uh, wooden high chair that had no straps and stuff. So you had to kind of thread a tea towel in and time in, literally. So John was little and he was hungry. And he threw a stone in a fit because I was tying him in. And I, and I literally, out of my voice, I said, you think I'm tying you down, but I'm actually about to give you a feast. And it's like I heard, I began to hear the Lord speak just by having things play out in front of me in the house. It was amazing. Looking, uh, when you seek him and you find him, you'll begin to know him. And I want to look real quickly at Psalm 23, which you may be familiar with parts of this. Uh, Angelie reminded me about this, but you may be familiar with parts of this. This may be very familiar. And we have to be, those of us who've been in the Word sometime, we have to be so careful because often repeated verses can become cliche where we miss the profundity of it. So let me read just the beginnings of Psalm 23. The Lord is my shepherd, I shall not want. He makes me to lie down in green pastures. He leads me beside the still waters. He restores my soul. So if we seek him, we'll find him and begin to know him. And what do we see here? He's my shepherd. He's in charge. It's okay. It doesn't all have to happen under my watch. The buck doesn't stop with me. He's my shepherd. I don't need anything else. I'm okay now. I don't have to all have all these things that are pulling on me. He's actually making me lie down in green pastures. So he is making me sit down, surrounding me with lush provision, leading me and restoring my soul, which is parched. What an amazing thing. Do you know what this all points to is that he created us to need him. And neediness is beautiful. And counterintuitive, right? We're in the culture of, you go, girl, you've got it. And you're beautiful and you're strong and all these little pithy things. And it's like, no. As soon as we can figure out we're needy, we're weak, we're dependent, we're getting it. That's what he meant for us to be. It's a wonderful uh, thing to be there. And being in that spot is like being um, on a beautiful sunny mountainside in a restful place rather than clinging to in the middle of the night to the dark mountain of our self-sufficiency. Because we're a self-sufficient culture, aren't we? Our self-sufficiency, I'm going to say this twice, our self-sufficiency sabotages the possibility of being given everything by our shepherd. Our self-sufficiency sabotages the possibility of being given everything by him. Salvation, provision, peace, vision, contentment, all the power just to live, the power to love him, the power to love others. So he's calling us to seek him and find him and know him. What we seek will determine 
who we follow. Okay, sometimes we might think we're seeking God, but who are we following really? Okay, what we find ourselves doing sometimes is just following the idol in our lives that promises something better. So in my case, it was um, self-sufficiency is one, but um, the fear of approval of man. All right, so I was a chameleon. Whatever the books people were reading, the movement they were in, the look they were doing, you know, they were, uh, they were sporting, uh, whatever philosophy, parenting or otherwise, they were into, well, then so was I. And so it was like being in a changing room of a department store and you keep trying on different outfits. It's like the Lord sent me in there to, change, to be changed into the image of the sun, but I stayed in there with all my idols and trying on different things and see if they would work with the circle I was in. So maybe um, that, would, that would be a thing for you. Maybe you think, maybe I'm a minimalist mom. Maybe I'm a granola mom. Maybe I am a um, room mother mom. Or maybe I'm an influencer mom. Okay, whatever it happens to be. Sometimes this ends up being the difference between someone who acknowledges God and then continues in her own strength exhausted and the one who follows him. I want us to look at Matthew eleven, twenty-eight through 30. This is Jesus talking. He says, come to me, all who are weary and heavy laden, and I will give you rest. Take my yoke upon you and learn from me, for I am gentle and lowly in heart, and you will find rest for your souls. For my yoke is easy and my burden is light. Okay, just quickly. In context, Jesus is talking to those who were underneath the heavy burden of the Mosaic law. Okay, and so he was offering their way out, which was salvation. And if you're not clear, if, if, if you are kind of new to Christian circles or, or, or new to this church, if you're not clear on the message of salvation, it's essentially this. We have all sinned. That sin separates us, separates us for from God forever. And there is no way to breach that gap, even on our best days with our best works. And God knew that he loved us. And so he sent Jesus, his son, to die for us, to pay for that. So that if we put our faith and trust, not in ourselves, but in him for salvation, we'll be saved. And that's the message of the gospel. And that was what Jesus was saying when he was saying, come to me, and then I will give you rest. Another way of saying that is follow me, not just come to me. Sometimes we think we can kind of swoop by Jesus and then go on our merry way. He's saying follow, like it's a commitment, not just to come by and say hello. It is a commitment to stay. And sometimes we'll do that. We're like, that sermon was amazing. I was so convicted. And you walk off and you do your own thing. Okay, or that conference, I'll never be the same. And then you just go back and do your own thing. Okay, there's a difference between just kind of swooping by and then following him. He goes on further than to say, after follow me, it's then take my yoke upon you and learn from me and you will find rest for your souls. My yoke is easy and my burden is light. So let's, just to make sure we're clear, when we're saying my yoke, take my yoke, it is a yoke like, like oxen wear, not a, an egg yoke. Okay, I want to make sure we're clear. Um, and he, he, uh, that's what they're yoked together to kind of pull a load. And Jesus, when he says, take my yoke, he's not saying he's going to take us 
uh, remove all yokes from us because we are yoked to something. We are yoked to the voices in our head of the world. We're yoked to sin or we are yoked to him. And he is saying here, um, I'm offering this to you to take. And that would be submitting to my guidance, submitting to my authority in everything. And just so you know, when a team of oxen is put together, they will take the more novice ox and put him together with a stronger, experienced one while they train them to put them together to pull. And what's so neat is that the stronger one bears all the weight of the load. And the weaker one just shares in the success of the labor, but without the burden. And so what's the difference for that one who is yoked together with the experienced ox? Before it was hard. And now it's easy and light. So essentially Jesus is saying, follow me and let me cover your sin and finally bring rest to your soul. And then yoke with me for light life, and I will carry the burden. I will carry the burden in your, I will bear the weight. You'll be with me, but I will bear the weight concerning your marriage, your children, your fears, the hard times because they're coming, the good times because they're coming, the joys and the fears, all of life. He bears the weight when we yoke together. What we seek will determine who we follow and it will determine when we rest. So rest for the weary, in essence, is resting in his yoke. You will not get rest all the other ways that the world is telling us we'll get it. It will only be resting in his yoke, still pulling alongside him, not bearing the load. So how do we begin? All right, practical stuff. The short version, believe in him for salvation. Talk to him in prayer. Know him in his word and receive from him the power, the wisdom, the leading to do everything. Loving your husband, loving your children, bearing fruit, uh, sharing with others, walking humbly. All the things that you have ahead of you that you think you need to, quote, work on. He helps you. And when I would hear things like this, I'm like, of course they're going to say pray and read your Bible. But I don't pray enough, and I don't read my Bible enough, and how can I with all these children all around? I want to tell you, I have heard that, and I have had those same sentiments, but I want to tell you what, I have missed hundreds of quiet times. But the Lord says in Lamentations 3 that his mercies are new every morning, every morning. And then Hebrews 11, it says that he is a rewarder of those who diligently seek him. God made you smart women. Don't you believe the voices that say that knowing him and pursuing him in this season can't be done? Because they sure can. Think about it. If God chose you from before the foundation of the world, he had you be born in this time. He overtook you and wooed you to himself and you responded in faith and in belief that he has already prepared you for every good work and that includes knowing him and loving him. It sure can be done. Now, if we can have the next slide. So help me if I see another picture of a Bible with a coffee cup and a candle or something. 
The thing is, why we get overwhelmed is we think time with him should look like this, okay? And it just doesn't. I mean, most of my kids are up, and I still don't have times that look exactly like that. I still get interrupted by people. So when we have this, it kind of sends this message that this is what true Christianity is like, and we need to dispense with that idea. Time with him will look different depending on where you are, but time with him more, more likely will look like this, okay? I love Psalm 55, 17, which says, evening and morning and at noon, I'll pray, I'll pray and cry aloud and he shall hear my voice. One of the best things I ever had a seasoned mom tell me is a quiet time doesn't have to be quiet and it doesn't have to be at a certain time. Okay, I felt like a failure because I, I missed the morning thing, so I have to push it to the next day, and then we have to push it the next day. That's why I miss hundreds of quiet times. So I this trip to be spiritual and to be mature. You have to do it in the morning. Okay, so that's just not how we rolled. And so it could be while children are uh, taking naps to have the time with him, or it could be in the evening when you're a little bit more refreshed, maybe, um, depending on how if you're an evening or morning person. It can be spread out throughout the day. I found out that um, just kind of as a lifestyle, I'm a grazer in the house. So I'll have breakfast, I'll have a little snack mid-morning, and I'll kind of see what's happening in the pantry. I love to graze. I didn't, I didn't know that about myself until, I, you know, uh, until recently. But we can do the same thing with time with the Lord. It may be snatches, and it's okay. It's okay. You can get to the stretches. You'll have those too. But the snatches work too. So we're going to talk about what that looks like. First is pray first. Prayer is not attack on activity. I'm sorry for all the times we have ever structured talks or articles which said, do this, 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 and of course pray. No, okay? We have to pray first because we are given the power to do the list or the wisdom not to do that list. It may be something different, okay? So pray out loud like you mean it, mean it. When I pray in my head, I get distracted. I wake up 45 minutes later. Where were we? Okay, so is there a God in the universe? Okay, so anyway, pray like you mean it out loud all day. Pray in front of the kids. Pray for wisdom when you're, just invite them into everything you're doing. Uh, if all, where you are right now in your life is just help, that's prayer. Okay, you went to the Lord to do that. Um, if you can't think of things to pray, Psalm 100 talks about Entering into his gates with thanksgiving and into his courts with praise. So thanks and praise. You start thanking him for everything you can think of. And I'll tell you what, one of my most precious memories is I was dry as a bone and super shallow. And I, would, I had nothing left. And I laid on my bed when everybody was little. I laid on my, de- my bed and I felt like the Holy Spirit was prompting me to thank him. And I, I mean, I could only kind of thank him for like, butterflies and flowers and puppies. Okay, I mean, I really just, I wasn't deep at all. Um, I was just so spent. And But as I started, you know, thanking him for the shallow things, the Holy Spirit was bringing more things and more things and more things. I was thankful. And tears started rolling back into my ears as I was lying on the bed. Just, I was overcome with the goodness of God, thanking him. 
And then you praise him for everything he's ever done that you can name. Uh, you might want to start, I have a journal of thankfulness of just, I just started, not recently, I've just recently, a few weeks ago, and I'm up to about 50 things. I don't write it in every day. But I mean, I've thanked him for my fifth grade teacher who I love so much, and my, well, my little Sunday school teacher here, or just little things, things out of the word I'll see. So just thank him for everything he's ever done. Praise him for everything he's ever done. Turn, um, a mentor of mine says, pray yourself happy. It gives you perspective. So um, turn accusations into prayer. And this was huge for me, y'all, when somebody taught me this. When you have the the voices in your head that say, you are a failure, turn turn it on its head. God, help me not to be a failure. You don't love God. God, help me to love you. You love your kids more than you love God. God, help me to love you more than I love my kids. You don't mean it. Lord, help me to mean it. Okay, so don't let it win. You keep turning those. Pray also for God to make you into the person he created. I remember hearing uh, Beth Moore, the Bible study teacher, uh, somebody had asked her, how did you get to the place where you loved God like you did and you loved the word like you did? And she said, I prayed to. I prayed to. Isn't that beautiful? So pray that he'll create that in you. Um, pray big specifically, pray to understand his word. Sometimes it's just dry on a page. Pray, help me understand this. Let it leap out to me. Let me hear your voice. So prayer, prayer first, prayer throughout the day, pray in front of the kids, prayer, Lord, help me with this child. I don't know what to do with him. Okay, just say it. They'll see that mama prays, mama prays. Okay, and then the word. You're not going to know God unless you know exactly what he said about himself. Devotionals have their place, but a lot of times they're shallow. I want you to go into the deep end of the pool because he will help you swim there. You need to have a physical Bible and a journal in the two places we know you're going to be, in the bathroom and in the kitchen, okay? If that's, and then you just keep them open, okay? Um, hopefully one won't get flushed down. Um, I, I would not recommend Bible apps ever. Because you can get just, I mean, there's a time, obviously, you can't. But not for just a time in the home when you actually need to see it on the page. Because if you're like me, I go travel on my phone and go to all places and answer all the texts and, and forget that um, the word is there. So have it in those place, places. Read it out loud. Read it with inflections. Um, example, let's see, I'll read one out here. And then Jesus said to the 12, do you also want to go away? And then Simon Peter answered and said, Lord, to whom shall we go? You have the words of eternal life. Also, we have, to come to, we have come to believe and know that you are the Christ, the Son of the living God. So read out loud with inflections. Um, scribble a few, a few sentences down in your journal, something that you just saw. Okay, you may come back to it later. It doesn't have to be an, you know, an epistle. If you happen to have an epistle day, great. But if it's just a little bit, it's a start. We're trying to get in the word, right? Put sticky notes with verses around. Okay, so people say, okay, when am I gonna do all this? I mean, look at all this. All right, when you're nursing, when you're sitting in the car waiting, not driving, but when you're sitting in the car waiting, you know, for the children picking them up or so forth, um, Get the kids, the kids good and hungry and sit them down and you start reading. They're going to be hungry so they won't interrupt as much or just read it out loud to them, right? Uh, all these different times that you can do that. 
um, play scripture songs. If you can't get in the word, have scripture being played. Um, we did the Hide Them in Your Heart series with the kids. Um, I know Shane and Shane has a lot, a lot of things like lift it from the scriptures, find them, have them playing. It, the word is so living and active. The Lord will change you by revealing himself to you. Get it down there. If you seek him, you're going to find him. And if you find him, you'll know him. And if you'll know him, you'll love him. And if you'll love him, that's it. There's nothing more to love the God of the universe. And then out of that, you can then keep his commandments. You love him and you can keep his commandments. You can love him and you can feed his sheep. You can abide in him and you can bear much fruit. To love him, that's where it's all about. That's what it is. And that's where we're going. So we're going to the source to see that. In just a few minutes, we're going to break out. Y'all are going to have time to spend time with the Lord. Uh, go boldly before the throne of grace. Okay? We've all been messes. But Jesus died for adult sins. You know that. So you can go and say, here. All right, Lord, this is what you're working with. And you know my life. But you said you would answer me. And you'd hear me and you'd change me. And I'm begging you to do it. I'm going to end with this last slide. Um, a number of years ago, we were at uh, Breckenridge, Colorado for a, a vacation at the end of May. So ski season was over. It was real pretty. And um, spent time in the, in the town. But one day we drove up into the mountains and the clouds were really, really low on the mountains. Um, and there was snow up there and it was actually snowing a little bit. It was a total change of where we'd been um, in the morning. And we were driving through it. I told the kids, I said... We're in the clouds. We're in the clouds. And I heard this little voice in the back say, is God here? I said, yes, sweetie, God is here and he's with us. And ladies, he is with you in your nest. So seek him, follow him, be yoked together with him, and he will pull the load of your heart and he will pull the load of your life and lead you into loving him. And then loving others and following, um, following him in obedience and in joy. Father, I thank you so much for these ladies. And I just thank you so much for what you just did in my life and what you're doing in my life. And how you love me and you love them. And you called us for this time. Lord, give us just a complete awareness that Jesus is Lord. And that this is just a blip on the radar of eternity that you want to fill fully. Lord, turn every heart to you and draw us to yourself and create in us the hearts that you want. And have us live the life out full of grace, full of rest in your presence. In Jesus' name, amen.